From the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is the Potomac Book Club. Welcome to the Potomac Book Club. And uh, my name is Jeff Goodnow. One of the things I want to make really clear is that I know I'm not gold, silver, or bronze because this is the book club number four. So uh, the only goal that I had was primarily to pick any book that would allow us to have a little more fun than Christopher's book last time. (laughs) All right. So we're going to crush it. All right. So this book is from Gary Vaynerchuk. If you haven't seen, heard, read, looked at anything about Gary V, uh, Gary V is what he goes by in uh, social media and so forth. Uh, You're in for a a rude awakening. Uh, Transparent honest, brutal truth. That's about as easy as I can sum him up. Uh, This book, Crush It, was written in 2009. So it's kind of funny. There's a few things that'll be maybe not apparent now, but the big takeaway for me was just his transparency and the use of the internet has been absolutely amazing. I want to read something real quick, two sentences. The changes that will be wrought by the internet are fundamentally transformative to content and commerce as the printing press. It's a whole new world. Build your personal brand and crush it. All right, Manish, you told me you were mad, not mad. You thought it was funny. You said, hey, man, you're telling everybody to leave the company and go do their own thing. (laughs) Look, I don't see this. I want to start with this. I don't see that as the case. It's hard to go out and do your own thing. But understanding this book gives you some insight into Potomac and the, some of the things that we've done to, to have our own business explode. If you are not taking the internet seriously, you're missing out every single day. So Jordan, I wanna, I wanna hit you first, if you don't mind, because the first book club, you said something about the founder of Ritz Carlton, and that was he trusted in himself at all times. And that was your takeaway then. What do you think about this book? This book, the thing that I really appreciated was when he said that it's not about how many followers you have, but the quality of the followers, like how passionate they are about the brand. So for Potomac specifically, compared to other people in the industry, we don't really have a ton of followers. But if you're following us, you can see we have people that are really bought in. So if you go on a daily basis on Twitter, we have a ton of people that comment on everything, that interact with everything and want to see what we're going to do next with the brand. And I think there's a lot of companies that do have a lot of followers and it's all kind of smoke and mirrors. They don't have engagement. They don't have uh, people that really care about the brand like we do. So I think in that regard, we're doing really well. And that's something that I appreciated. And as we scale this business, as you like to call them fanatics, Jeff, uh, <laughs> we're just going to get more and more. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're, you're spot on there. And um, it's interesting because the follow-up to the statement, the two sentences I read, were basically asking a couple of questions you, you need to ask yourself and and so forth. And one of them was about building your personal brand. Now, you don't have to go out and do your own thing to build a personal brand. Martina, you and I had a great podcast not long ago about NFTs and got a little crazy. And and, and we've had some fun sparring about uh, movies and TV shows and all kinds of things. What was your takeaway? Um, my favorite one, I think it's when he talks about the authentic authenticity, um, just being real and just being yourself. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to be yourself because you know other people can judge you and other people can you know if you're different then people are gonna treat you different as well but that's something that you have to own up and he's one of the most different people on the internet i feel like because he's just i don't know he's different he's he tries so much but in a good way and and it's good to be authentic and 
we as a company are also that way, like very real, very transparent. And that's something you don't see everywhere, but I appreciate that a lot, you know, that companies, but also people are real. Yeah. I figured you would, it would like him just because he's an NFT fanatic. Oh. Also, <laughs> and it's cool, like his story of the baseball cards, how everything started in the physical world. And now it's the digital world right. that he's in. So that's also cool. Well, and not everything here in the book relates to work. So, I mean, are there, is there anybody else that has something that sort of they can relate to their own personal situation as opposed to work or building a brand or anything of that nature? So I had a thought. Um, I thought it was funny how it's nine. It was from 2009. So we're like 12 years later. And he says in the book about you're going to be able to pick up the remote and um, type in whatever it is that you want to type in and you're going to have 50 videos that pop up. And he referred to um, body graffiti, I think, and how kids like to marker on themselves with tattoo or tattoo on themselves with markers. And um, it made me think of my kids who like to go on and watch other kids play with their toys on YouTube instead of playing with their own toys upstairs. Wow. See, my kid's old enough that we sort of, we, we got done with that just a little bit before that started happening. But yeah, there's some, there's some crazy kids out there unboxing and have millions of people following. I, it blows my mind. Um, Dan, you're uh, in our book club this time. What, uh, what do you I have am. for us? No, I thought that there was something interesting that you mentioned about kind of the, the middleman being eliminated and that's kind of interesting, number one, I guess, because I think Christopher wrote a blog post about to this effect, right? The, the death of a wholesaler, or I don't know exactly what the title yeah, of the yeah. blog post was. Um, that's interesting because number one, it's true. And number two is because I spent 10 years as a middleman, right? I, I had, a, I had a, a role where I sat in institutional sales and my clients were hedge fund managers and mutual fund managers, people like that. And, you know, my job was to kind of connect them with the resources within our firm and, you know, get paid for it through trading commissions. And more often than not, that role was just kind of being disintermediated because people were going directly to the source, right? If I'm a hedge fund manager, you don't need to talk to me in a sales role when you can just call up an analyst or you can call up the CEO of a company if you're big enough, right? So that middleman being disintermediated really spoke to me. And I kind of saw it happening while I was in that seat. And it kind of led me to create content, not in the way that, you know, Gary Vee's talking about on the internet because, you know, compliance reasons when you're sitting in that seat. But, you know, I got my CMT designation to kind of be differentiated uh, relative to the, you know, thousands of other people who sit in these institutional sales seats and kind of just do nothing but pass information back and forth. I wanted to create content. So I you know, went out there and, you know, got a CMT designation. I took the tests to become an analyst so that I could write content and be different that way. So that that really resonated with me because, you know, like it or not, um, you know, the middleman is being eliminated across the board, right? People can go directly to the source, whether it's, you know, punching up a video. And so that's really interesting. It's happening. I think that people who are in a quote unquote middleman situation uh, do need to figure out how to differentiate themselves because your 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 role is going to go away. Right. It's, it's was, interesting. Super interesting. No, I'm, I'm with you, Dan. I, and I see this all the time, right? I work with a lot of different companies, not just advisors. And I, I see sort of the same old architecture for how to do things over and over and over. And I've said this before, 
and it shouldn't be like, you know, mind blowing, but if you want to be different, you have to, you know, be different. And so that's, that's sometimes we do things just for the sake of, okay, this is the way it's always been done. What can we do just to change it up? And, and that allows us to stick out and, and to your point, be differentiated. Yeah. And I think being differentiated is, is a big deal, even taking it a step further, right? This book was written in 2009. And I think a lot of people, like obviously Gary Vee has a huge following and a lot of people have bought into that. You just get yourself on any social media platform and you can kind of see the Gary Vee blueprint on a lot of people. So to me, it's always like, so in 2009, this was a novel idea. In 2021, it's, it's not as novel. So to me, I think even within this concept, figuring out a way to be different uh, is going to become really important because I mean, the last thing you want to be is quote unquote consensus. Like if somebody right. called me consensus, I would take that as an insult. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I, I, one of my, one of my things as I look at business and, and, and even personal is a lot of times when you look at a, a feature, an app, uh, some, uh, some sort of a widget, it's like, there are certain features that are differentiators and over time they become requirements. And I think this is kind of where, I guess that's where I'm suggesting we're going in 2009, it was an absolute differentiator. I would have thought by now it would have been more of a requirement. I think we're still in that differentiation stage. I had an advisor tell me just the other day that he thinks it's five years before anybody catches up to us. And, and I don't say that to make us sound like super special, but just the way we are approaching everything that we do is still ahead of the game, ahead of the curve. So uh, let's see who else we got. Manish, what you got spitball? Throw something out there. Uh, I mean, I guess first shout out to Jeff for picking a book that tells all of our employees to quit. Um, that, that's first and foremost. Um, hey, and that was the exact message. Numbers. That was the exact message I sent you halfway through the book. But, um, but then the, the, re cost, bro. the rest, of, <laughs> right, the rest of the book uh, picked it up. Um, obviously, look, I could have written this book. I'm a Gary <laughs> fanboy. There's no uh, hiding that. And, and a lot of what he says is, is obviously just selling stuff. But the thing I love the most was, I think it was page, let me see, I have it down, page 119. Uh, from a business standpoint, a business owner standpoint, it was uh, roll with it. And, you know, the concept is that nothing ever goes the way you plan and you have to be able to change. And I look back at the last couple of years with launching the TAMP, the funds, the software that's still in work. Every single week, something kind of goes off the rails and you just can't be stuck in your ways. And I see that so much with advisors these days where they they're so focused on something that they never want to change. And I think change is a superpower. And he mentions this word for word change and the ability to change is something that um, I think should be in high regard because it, it shows you're willing to admit things aren't working, pivot and move on. So that's what stuck out to me. I'm, I'm laughing my ass off because you just said the word I was thinking of. It, this is where Martina needs to insert Ross Geller from Friends saying, Pivot! trying to raise the couch up the staircase. <laughs> There's no one on this podcast that knows who that is except for you. I know. Oh, I, I, do. Ample, I get it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Yay. On that note, apparently uh, Sh uh, Shelly needs to educate uh, others about Ross. But anyway, that said, Shelly, what you got for me? Actually, what's missing from here is my uh, central perk sign that I that I have. So, I, no kidding. For me, um, so book nerd, I have tabs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. So one of the things that I really liked about this book is that it called out creating community. And to me, that's what content is all about. It's it's all about putting 
your perspective into the world, having someone challenge you, agree with you, uh, give you additional insight and building that rapport. And I, I really think that we're doing that incredibly well. And from a sales, non-sales perspective, from a relationship developing perspective, it's all about having conversations, getting to know people on human levels and not making it so much about here's what I have to offer or put in front of you and here's what you have to do to sign up for it and making people jump through all these hoops. No, cool. If you like what we have to say, that's awesome. If you don't, that's okay too. Either way, we're gonna be who we are, whether that's we as a business, us as a personal brand, individuals. Um, I really liked that point about the community. It came towards the later part, but still. Yeah, it, uh, that reminds me, Manish once said, look, subscribe or unsubscribe. I don't care, it's a win-win. <laughs> you know, we'd like to have more people subscribe click the little ringy bell dingy thingy. But, uh, you know, I mean, in the scheme of things, right, that's that's OK. If you don't like what we have to say or what we do or you don't want to watch book club, then fine. Have fun. Um, all right, Jen. Hey, it's it's a 15 minute mark. So these last couple need to be quick or Christopher's going to cut half of the shit out. <laughs> oh, what do you got, Jen? OK, well, we all knew Jeff's was going to be the longest, but um, yes. The, there were so many parallels between what he's doing and what we've done. But the thing that really stuck out to me was towards the end of the book where he talked about a customer that didn't get their wine, you know, kind of wanted it for Christmas. And he took it upon himself to drive six hours round trip to make that customer happy. And to me, that was awesome because it's, he was leading by example and he was showing all those employees that they can go above and beyond to provide a good customer service. And I think that was really, really powerful just to to show everybody like, go go out and make it right yeah, and do, do the it. right thing. Just do it. Yeah. All right, so we got a couple left. Let's knock these out. Evan, you got any insightful uh, pieces of info for us? Yeah, I thought it was great where he, you know, touched on all the great strategies, strategies you can use to use Twitter, Facebook, things like that. And then he just reminded everybody that says another thing you'll need is patience because obviously you can have all these tools, but it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. So I thought that resonated uh, pretty strong with me. Gotcha. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, and as we round this out, Miss Kayla, what can we hear from you today? Yeah, so I really liked the book and I thought what I found most interesting was how he said to um, engage with your audience. And I think um, some of the book is a little outdated, but and I felt like earlier in the Internet, I didn't see as much engagement um, when I like a product. If I can't buy it, I feel like the best thing that I can do is still be a hype woman and, you know, give a like write a comment because those things are viewed by um, their metric for uh, marketers, et cetera. And so now I still engage with content that maybe I can't purchase, but what I've been noticing in my personal life is I'm getting comments back from the creator, which has at first kind of freaked me out. I was like, uh-oh, am I doing something wrong here? But no, it seems like a lot more creators are getting involved in contacting you back if you leave them a positive review. Sure. Oh, that, that's, uh, that's awesome. So, I mean, again, 2009, crush it, Gary V. Uh, so what's the final vote? All in favor saying you like this one? 
At least better than Christopher's book. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, everyone likes it because it was 120 pages <laughs> and it took 15 minutes to read. That too. Hey, I am not a dumb guy, okay? <laughs> All right, that's it. There is, um, there is a follow-up book to this one. There's a book called How I'm Crushing It. So if you want to kind of yep. round this out. No, that's a great point. And it is, of course, a little newer. I think it was 2013 when that one was written, if I recall. But anyway, thanks for listening to our Conquer, or our, excuse me, our Potomac uh, Book Club. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining in here. Yeah, yeah. Laughing. Industry gossip. Who charted? Drink with ops. No, drink with me. I don't care. Hey, that said, we're here. We're honest. We're transparent. We're having fun. Uh, join us by hitting the little uh, subscribe and the, and the notification bell, and it's all good. Adios. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.